that's my secret cat. I'm always angry. <laughs> Run out of patience. On the roof! Hey everyone, Cap Captain, big fan, Spider-Man. Avengers! Assemble. Hello, Peter. Hello and welcome to the Infinity Saga and Beyond, an MCU fan podcast. My name is Jordan, and with me, as always, on this Loki Season 2 journey is Casey McGeorge. Oh, how's it going, everybody? Going going pretty well. I guess as well as it can go uh, so far. We're recording this on a Sunday, the day that the clocks have gone backwards, so we're kind of time-traveling a bit. <laughs> Uh, I feel refreshed. Good. Good. Um, yeah, we don't have... Um, wait, we only got one more week of this. Uh, Loki. Pretty... Uh, pretty crazy. I can't believe it is... Um, already... Already almost over. Uh, but we are, of course, talking about Episode 5, the penultimate episode of Loki Season 2, called Science Fiction, written by Eric Martin, directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, and it aired November 2nd, 2023, on Disney+. Plus. The official synopsis, Loki traverses dying timelines in an attempt to find his friends, but reality is not what it seems. So, Casey, your initial thoughts here on this episode of Loki. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, couple things I got confused by, I'm sure we'll talk about, and, and maybe there's an answer for him. Um, one of the things I noticed was that uh, last week you said Jonathan Majors was, I think they said he was supposed to be in four episodes. So I guess they, if they count like his appearance from last season in this episode that counts as one of the four yeah maybe i it could have been that that person got it wrong yeah, uh, yeah. but or yeah, maybe I, he heard or something i don't know yeah because i forgot about it until after the episode too and then i was like oh crap like yeah he wasn't in this one he, well, like i said they did they just used the whole like previous uh, on thing yeah so um which I think they chose an interesting clip for that as well. Um, where, where he talked about uh, everything that led them there, he paid the road for him. I think that's going to come back later. Yeah. Um, but overall, I thought it was—I thought it was a great episode. I thought it was an interesting concept, and I like the way they they execute. Yeah, we have some pretty um, interesting stuff in this episode. Uh, which which is an episode that I really enjoyed for my initial thoughts here. I did really enjoy this episode. I liked seeing these other lives that these people had. And what I would assume is I, I didn't really think about it while I was watching, but I was listening to some stuff later and reading some stuff later. And I think these people have it right that, you know, usually the TVA takes these, like has taken these people as variants to work for them. And 
since all of where Loki is time slipping to are branch timelines, it stands to reason that maybe these are the actual variants that worked in the TVA. You know, um, usually the ones in the sacred timeline would not work in the TVA because they have to stay in their spot. So from a branch timeline, these might be the ones that did actually work in the TVA just prior to them getting whatever, you know, uh, throws them off of the timeline enough to then get sent to the TVA. And I like that thought. I like that thought of maybe this is our actual Mobius. It's just from a time before he, you know, gets taken by the TVA. Um, but they could just be variants, right? All they really need is the, what, the temporal aura, right? That's all they really need from these uh, people. And the plan when he finds a variant of OB here is to get them all with the same, like, temporal aura to be able to relive that moment in time that might be able to help them have Loki time slip or, you know, get to the right moment in time as he's trying to prevent what happens at the end of the, uh, uh, the fourth episode. But we can dive into it a little bit more here. Just, uh, let's, let's shout out some cool things. I think here uh, we get Casey's identity, not Casey on the podcast, but Casey on the show his real name is Frank. He has left Alcatraz. And there was a real Frank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, escape. There is a real world Frank Morris that uh, was tied to a real world escape from Alca Alcatraz. So maybe that's who Casey is. Maybe Casey is this Frank Morris. And then he, you know, this guy that's a criminal in Alcatraz escaping is like this bumbling, fun you know, funny guy in the TVA. I kind of like the idea of that too. I, I I think it ties back to last season where we find out Loki is uh DB Cooper. And, you know, that's why DB Cooper was never found because it was yes. Loki. Yeah. And it's then, pretty cool. You know, and uh, the, I've I've heard and read and listened to stories about uh, the guy, the guys escape from Alcatraz many times on podcasts over the years. Um, they never did find the bodies. The FBI is closed the case many years ago and felt that they had uh, they drowned in the waters and that they they couldn't have lived. Um, there are people who say that's not accurate, um, including. It's uh, one. Uh, so I think there were two brothers and there was a third person. Um, one of the one of them, uh, the two brothers ended up apparently supposedly keeping in contact with their mother for many years. Um, and then even after she passed away, uh, apparently they might have showed up at the funeral or they would visit the grave very often. And there was even a time uh, a few years back where one of them, because he was on the run, he was living under like an assumed identity and various things, right? Uh, he got cancer. And he obviously, you know, treatment for that is very, very expensive. Um, he was willing to come forward and, and you know, plead guilty and, and kind of give the details of what happened that night and where he had been for the last 50 or 60 years. 
to the FBI for cancer treatment, but they turned him down. And eventually he passed away uh, from cancer. So, uh, maybe. But I like the fact that they just decided to take uh, Casey and make him kind of a... I still say he's a variant of Pillboy from The Good Place. Uh, yeah, especially with him with the bank vault where he's asking about the bank vault, quite, you know, he, yeah, using the temp everything. pad to get in there. <laughs> yeah, he still he still fits in as he's a variant of Pillboy, uh, and he's uh man, I, I I like it's it's little things like that. Like I said, when they when they showed that Loki was apparently DB Cooper last year, yeah, yeah, and this with you know, it's one of those things where it's like, man, like how did who came up with that idea, and how did you figure to slip that in there? Yeah, and I guess this one, they can't come out and really say, like, this is him, right? Like, in the sense of, they just call him Frank. They don't say, like, Frank Morris. Like, because I think you can kind of get into some maybe legal stuff there. D.B. Cooper, nobody actually knows who he was, and it was an alias that they were able to really just flat out say, you're D.B. Cooper, and uh look db cooper is one of those coolest mysteries right where you just never know what actually happened to him he's probably died but um you know that's the kind of stuff that's really cool and that them kind of tapping into that um again here with like oh this is a possible real person that escaped and he's uh that's our casey is is just really funny uh mobius we get mobius as a uh, jet ski salesman in Cleveland. So he's kind of landlocked there uh, in 2022 in a branch timeline. Uh, so I guess one of the things we don't know too in the branch timeline, because 2022 is still part of the blip, you know, uh, Thanos snapped in 2018. Everybody came back in 2023. So we don't know if the branch timeline experienced that everything kind of seemed normal. So I assume it, they didn't, but uh don't know but we had mobius he had kids he had a jet, jet ski sale selling and i loved being able to actually see him on the jet ski but also one of my favorite parts casey is when loki says uh, that he's there for the tva and he says i think you mean atv <laughs> uh just another thing that mobius is selling and i, I just uh, owen wilson kills it in this show man i I am such a big fan of how he's portraying this character. I'm really digging him. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that we, we finally kind of get to see his, uh, he kind of gets his jet ski in a way, right? Um, even though he's in Cleveland, uh, it's right there on Lake Erie. So there's plenty of opportunities to go sure. do some uh, jet skiing and personal watercraft, um, you know. Uh, didn't see the single dad coming, but you know, hey, uh, cool. Um, I hadn't thought about that until you just said something about the branch timelines. Like, what did Thanos' snap do to those? If if it even affected those at all? Like, that's a whole nother wormhole you can go down. But I, I think about weird things too much as it is. I'm not not going down that one. Um, The man has his love for his personal uh, recreational vehicles. Um, he's, except for the dirt bike. He's, he's not a fan of the dirt bikes, I see. Yeah, dirt bikes. Yeah, he's not, not a fan of that. 
one thing I really liked as well here was this moment where we get. I kind of so I kind of knew what Loki was doing here. You know, he goes and sees. Well, also when he visits Mobius and he's saying like, um, all this crazy stuff, and Mobius is starting to get a little scared, or Don, as I should say, he's Don in that timeline, but. When he's when he OB just kind of walks through with his big new temp pad. And then they walk in and they kind of go back to the top of the scene again. You know, and he says, I can bring you back to any time when this is over. Look, and then you see like the interaction of Loki with Mobius again. And I don't know, I'm such a sucker for when shows and movies do this. We've talked about it on some of our other podcasts for sure, but um when you get to see a scene from another direction from either another movie or another episode or earlier in the episode, uh, back to the future, you know, like part two, he goes back to the first movie. You're getting to see stuff at different perspectives. I love stuff like that. And the first thing that made me feel that way was when he's in the TVA right after he first time slipped and he sees himself holding the, uh, TVA guidebook. And then he says, hey, and then it makes him turn and then he time slips and then he enters from another way. And then he becomes the Loki that he was just yelling to. And then he's like, I love stuff like that. And that scene was a really great start to the episode to just kind of show how how trippy we were and that we're back to the back to the time slipping. It was definitely an interesting uh, thing to do. And I, I, I like how they did that. Um. I can see uh, X fifteen as a doctor. That 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 she fits mm-hmm. that. Um, her her nature. Uh, I could definitely see her being being a doctor, a pediatrician. Probably looks like maybe a general practitioner, but she she definitely had a good way with kids there. Um. So. Okay, we'll get we'll get to uh, Ob in a minute, but we'll get to his side story in a second. But if you're one of these random dudes, if you're Casey or you're X-15 or you're Don here, right? <laughs> and first you just experience somebody just randomly disappearing like that from out of nowhere. And then at some point, like, you're Don and you see this little short Asian dude with this massive computer in his hands. Walk through some sort of door portal type thing. What the hell's going through your mind? <laughs> You're like, is that data from the Goonies? That probably goes through my mind. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, if it goes through my mind, I'm a little biased. I would be totally on board. I love time travel. I'd be like, sign me up. Make Let me walk through there. Let's do it. Um. Other people might might flip out a little bit more, but for me, it would be a dream come true. Uh, the part that wouldn't be is when I start seeing everybody go all spaghetti mode on me. Yeah, spaghettification does not look cool. Um, <laughs> you know what it looked like more to no. me this time, though? What's that? Um, Angel like hair when, pasta? When, no, when we see him, like looking at the TVA timeline thing and he like the whole TVA starting to go and it's starting to spaghettify the way it was growing kind of looked like it reminded me of some sort of like fungus. And I was having like flashbacks to like the last of us and like funguses and, and stuff like that. Um, 
it looked less like the space. I guess because like in there it was like inside the TVA, everything was starting to like just kind of go outward like this. While like when you see a person turn into these things, it looks a little bit more spaghetti like. Sylvie ended up back at McDonald's in Oklahoma. Remembering everything. See, that was one of the things that confused me. That was one of the two things that confused me. One, mm-hmm. nothing seemed to have an effect on her. She she remembered everything. Um, so like what happened? How did that happen? And two, she still had her own temp pad or whatever. And then later after she went to the record store, um, and things started spaghettifying there, she was able like her little pad worked and she was able to go to wherever, like yeah, since it since she has the one that he who remains had, I'm assuming it's not linked to the Miss Minute stuff, and it's a little, it's probably, um, since it's like the first one, I assume it's like offline from the other one. So I'm assuming she was still able to use that. Uh, so I can excuse that one now. If it had been a regular machine looking one, I would probably have a little bit more uh, issue with that. The reason she remembers stuff. I don't know, right? Like, I'm assuming it could be just because she's a Loki variant. And the fact that she's at the McDonald's, like, she never had another life, right? Like, her her other life would be her as a kid, Loki, like a female kid Loki up in Asgard before everything got intervened. So maybe just because of how long she's been hopping and doing all this different time stuff, maybe she's a little bit more... Like they don't have anything to reset her to type type of thing is is what I'm assuming that might might be. I don't know. But but her being able to remember everything too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can see maybe sending her back to that McDonald's in Oklahoma, maybe because like you said, that was the only life she ever really had outside of Asgard. And just kinda like she fit in there. So okay. Like the world ends, time ends, we're gonna send you back to this point, you know. But the fact that she knew who Loki was and she remembered everything, um, that kind of threw me off because I'm like, okay, wait a minute here. What, what's what's going on? Yeah, I can, I can see that, I guess. Uh, I, I was thankful she remembered everything because I just didn't want him to have to go through <laughs> like re-saying it again for like the uh, like so many times to everybody. So for me, I was like, okay, good. She remembers. Let's cut that off. Let's keep this thing uh, rolling, which uh, which it did. I mean, this this episode still like forty five minutes long, but it was I felt like it was kind of really flying through. Like uh, it, it went so fast for me, and we get um, so we had her go back to the McDonald's. They're even going to go to a bar. While the world's ending, <laughs> they're going to have a conversation. But I think my favorite scene of this whole episode is that scene you were referring to about the record store. Because I really, really enjoyed the moment when... I don't know, the way that they shot this thing, I thought looked really cool. Um, you know, she goes into the comic shop. I mean, the record shop. Comic shop, sorry. We're on a comic podcast, but... Uh, goes into the record shop... And like when she puts the record down and the camera is like directly over the record and it, you just see it spinning 
And then that whole scene from there, while she's like blissfully unaware of what's going on. And then like even the record, like kind of going up in the air, losing almost all of its thing with the spaghettification and just being the label at one point. Like, I don't know. I thought that scene was really, really cool. And I think the effects looked great. Uh, I want to ask you a question, Casey. What is more scary, right? Is it the dusting away from Infinity War or would you be more scared to see people turn into like the spaghettification? Okay, so two questions. One, which one hurts more? And two, am I being dusted or spaghettified or am I watching others being dusted or spaghettified? Let's say you're watching others. I think the scarier thing would be the spaghettification. Yeah, I I think so too. It's kind of like turning everybody into like they still kind of disappear and start like floating in the air at some point, but you're seeing them like unravel, I think is scarier than just like fading away. Right. Like uh, if I'm there, that seems so much more like, Oh my God, what is happening? Get me out of here. Um, But I kind of think it's funny how close these two things are kind of uh, together. You know, we're kind of going through some of these same scenes that we saw in infinity war again with, with the spaghetti though, you know, like I'm just trying to picture now like infinity war ending with the, with the spaghetti. <laughs> um, and if this is kind of like something that's going to consistently carry over in this multiverse saga, or if it's going to be like, if, if it's just a Loki thing with the, with this is kind of where I'm wondering too. I don't know. Let's, let's talk about Obi. Mm-hmm. I love this guy. Yes, even um, this Obi, right? Where he's uh... trying to sneak his books into an independent bookstore. <laughs> and they, they don't want to, they don't, they won't sell his books. Um, sell that poor man's books, man. Like, I like the desperation too, where he's like, I'll even pay you cash so you don't have to ring it up, like, because the barcode won't work. He's going to pay for his own book that he brought there and put on the shelf just so he can say he was in bookstores and bought his book. Like that's how important it is to see for him to see like this happen, you know, getting his book published. I, okay. For whatever reason, I now connect this or at least that with uh, big bang theory now as well, because it's in Pasadena where big bang theory was set and located. And he said he had to take a job, uh, after he got his PhD teaching, right, at Caltech. And that's the same, it's pretty much the same thing all of those guys uh, in Big Bang Theory do. They work at Caltech uh, as working in theoretical physics, and except one guy was an engineer, but and one guy was an astronomer, but the other two were theoretical physicists. Um, so now that's in the same universe, and they work with Dr. Sheldon Cooper and everyone else from the Big Bang Theory in my head. Um, <laughs> head cannon, but uh, so yeah, so I mean, I felt bad for him because they wouldn't even sell his book. Like, look, you're an independent bookstore, business can't be that great as it is, so it's not like you're really losing out. Put a couple copies out there, man. Let, let's, you know, bookstores are coming back, yeah. They've been opening up some more bookstores. Barnes and Noble has even turned it around, they're opening some of the locations that they've closed before. Uh, they have this yeah. new CEO that came They're over from, in- yeah, he did the same thing over in uh, U- a UK bookstore where he was able to turn their 
fortunes around and now he's doing it with uh with Barnes and Noble and they're Barnes and Noble and yeah. they have millions if not billions of dollars. A little independent bookstore is probably have billions. They might it might be up there. But uh an independent bookstore that probably is barely affording to pay its rent every month and its employees like you can What year was that cut. in too though? What year was he in? I thought it was recent. I thought it said like 2022 or something. All right. Well, one, I'm searching how much is Barnes and Noble worth? Okay. All right. So, okay. Revenue is going up to 1.5 billion. So you're, you're right there. Um, so he's in whatever this warehouse is. We find out later. After the 19 months when he made the 10 pad, which I didn't realize 19 months had passed. Like, there's no way to tell that. Um, well, yeah, he walks in and look, he's like, oh, that was pretty quick. He's like, yeah, if 19 months is quick for you. <laughs> for Loki, it's been two minutes. Yeah. Um, his wife left him after I guess he lost a job teaching. That's unfortunate. But uh, another thing that was cool was Apparently, people have been trying to go over and freeze frame and read all of his little notes on his board to see if there's like clues about the next episode or some other stuff in there. And, um, that'd be interesting for me to go through, but I just don't have the, the patience right now for that one. That's the kind of stuff that I love about weekly releases, though. You know, you'll have people go overboard, they'll say, let's pause this thing and stare at. This got really popular with Lost, right? Because of uh, of stuff like that. It wasn't as popular before Lost, I would say. Because Lost was around the time DVR start. People can pause and easily yeah. see stuff. But nowadays, yeah, people just pause stuff. Like, if you're doing a binge, like, a lot of times people are just going to the next episode. They're not pausing to see if something's set up in another episode because they're like, I can just see if I press play and <laughs> uh, keep this going. So I love the weekly releases. Um, OB was in 1994. So local bookstores were probably doing a little better back then. Okay, yeah, local bookstore in '94 was probably was probably hitting pretty big. I'll, I'll give it that. Um, so yeah, he's 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 the only one out of all of these people. Uh, uh, okay, you got silly, right? But she's she believes everything because she knows it's to be true, and she's Loki, right? But He's the only one where once uh, Loki gets there and explains it to him, he's like, yeah, okay, I'll buy that. Maybe because he's a science fiction writer. Maybe because, like I said, I think he's pulling the strings from behind the scenes the entire time. We don't know it. <laughs> um, we got another incident of uh, he didn't know how to do something, and then Loki gave him a book that he wrote, and now he's able to make the temp pad and everything else. Um, one how thick it like that book is pretty small. How is all that information inside this book? There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, it's not a thick book, too. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing it depends on how much they're covering, right? Like one thing we know from the TVA is that's important is temp pads. So of course there's going to be a section about how to make a temp pad or something. Um, then they have a section about the loom. We know for sure they have a section about the loom because they've talked about it. I don't know what else you put in this thing other than like 
here's how to prune stuff or like i i don't know like i kind of want them to release this book to us like do an in-universe book like they did with the ant-man book that came out recently and um Boy, there was, there, a lot there of shows and movies do this yeah so in ant-man 3 quantumania he wrote a book uh in it called like what watch out for the little guy or something um and he reads snippets of it in the movie they released a real copy of it about two months ago too and i need to get it i, I don't have it yet but Oh, wow. um, it's like written from Scott, you know, like it's acting as if it's all real. I want them to do that with the TVA handbook. I think that would be really cool. The, I could, you know what I could see him doing? I could see him doing that if they release season two on disc. Yeah. Like, and a like one, of the, one of the collector's editions would be like that little, a little orange uh, TVA guidebook that came along with it. Um, with, you know, drawings and temp pads and all that. Um, but yeah, he teaches, he's like, okay, sure. I'll, I believe it. It's science fiction. Sure. Why not? Or it's science. And then he's just, he falls along easily. He falls into it a little too easy for me. That's all I'm saying. And like I said, I know I'm probably way wrong, but I think he's behind the scenes of a lot of this stuff. happening. Yeah. I'm starting to get the vibe. That's not the case now. Cause I think he, I I think they've set Loki up to be so powerful now with this. I'm I'm kind of really curious. I think we do get Loki controlling all of the TVA at the end here. I just don't know what it'll cost or what it, you know, what's going to happen. But with his time slipping, I I really like the way that they explain this. Uh, some people might not, but I've seen some people say before, like, oh, it's going to be real convenient if time slipping is how he saves himself right at the, near this explosion. Well, Obi kind of brings that up when they're having their talk. He says it's like a fiction problem, not a science problem. You know, you're convenient. You're not just conveniently landing next to all of these people you need to find. You're going there because you have some sort of control over it and we need to find out how you can control it. And Loki, at the last moment when everybody is spaghettifying, does have control over it. He ends up sitting right back at the bench again that he was sitting on in uh, Obi's workshop. And then he says, I did it. Like, I have control over this. I'm going to rewrite the story. And I just like, at first I was wondering where the title of the episode was going to come from. The title is called Science Slash Fiction. And I like this talk with Obi and Loki where they're, okay, like, yes, if it's a science problem, we're going through the list of, like, uh, equations and stuff. But if it's a fiction problem, you have to work on what you want and what you need to be able to solve this problem. And then that's going to happen due to the fact and i think that kind of plays more into loki's ability of being a god right like he isn't just a normal person so the fact that he kind of has this narrative around him where he's able to maybe bend it a bit and time slip i think is uh a really cool way of making him not just a normal dude yeah um i i still didn't get what he meant by where he was like, it's not the who, or it's, I don't know if maybe it was Sylvie, but he was like, it's not the why or the how, it's the who. So I don't know if maybe we'll find that out next episode, what the who he was talking about was or whatever. 
that one kind of tripped me up a little bit too. When Loki said it to her, yeah, at the end where he was where when once he realized he figured out how to control his time slipping, he oh. said it's not the why, it's not the how, it's the who. So is it is the who like Sylvie needed to be there or something? Uh, you know, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I guess it could also mean that like it's the who meaning me, right? Like I am the like I it's not the what or the how I'm time slipping, it's me. I can cause it, I can control it type of thing maybe. Or there is an answer that he has in mind on how he's going to stop the stuff in when he goes back and he now does realize that there is Maybe Victor Timely wasn't helping them, right? Maybe so, there's a way he needs to stop somebody when he goes back. I'm not sure. There's a lot of possibilities with the way he said that. Um, the, the other thing I was going to say about that was... Uh, oh, I really like this conversation between Loki and Sylvie in the bar, though, when he's... We finally see him kind of open up a bit. Uh, more again and this is what i want to see in character stuff i really like seeing is when he's talking about like he wants to have his friends right like she was saying well what if we just all moved on we you know we're all they're in their lives and he's like but i need them like i need them on top of the fact that also all this stuff is going to hell so obviously they're not going to all be fine but you know in his mind it's also you know, he, he doesn't, he just finally has friends, right? And he doesn't want to lose them immediately after gaining them. So I'm glad to see him kind of having some more uh, ownership over those thoughts of, you know, and him claiming that they're actual friends of his. I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, that's some good growth right there. Uh, that's not something the Loki from early in the Avengers series would have would have had. Um, yeah, some people have pointed out, he's said before, you know, like you guys are meant to be ruled and you are the ant, I am the boot, right? And now these are like his best friends. So it's pretty funny. I just, uh, I definitely, I don't know. I want to know, I don't want to have to wait a week and wait to see what <laughs> happens because like I'm trying to figure, like I don't know where they go or how they Resolve this in one episode. Like, what happens next? Does Victor Timely come back? Do we get another variant of Kim? Um, is Obi really behind stuff and secretly evil? And we find that out next week. Like, what's what's going on? It's funny. I did see. You know, we're not. We're going to kind of keep this more on topic of the show. But you know, the, the Jonathan Major stuff. There was an article that came out. I did an episode about it as an emergency episode and stuff. And you know, one of the options is recast. You know who I saw people clamoring to recast him with? Uh, Kihui Kwan. <laughs> they said make Obi the the next Kang variant. And I was like, oh, is this Casey typing this in here? <laughs> um. Somebody else was on board with him being behind it all. Uh, so I thought you would like to know that. I think uh, I think it could work. Um, I mean, I, that's that's one of the good things about him being a variant. Like I said, is is like we said before, is just the fact that you can uh, you can just easily recast him as a variant. You know, it's not 
it's not like it's the end of the world. It's just, okay, well, let's get someone else in here and you can write and come up with some sort of valid reasoning as to why that's happening. It's just like, hey, um, you know, uh, he's a variant because of this reason. But uh, I, I think, man, that whole Jonathan Major thing is really going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Because they got so much invested in him. And now it's just an issue of, like, where do they go? Yeah, it's tough. I when I when I hear them say in that article that they might just even try to move on from Kang or that they were going to maybe shift to another villain, I was like this is the easiest guy to recast. It's literally got thousands of variants. Just make it be the one that doesn't look like Jonathan Majors and and move on. Uh Insert him into the post credit scene of Ant Man or whatever. Like George I, I Lucas listened, it, special edition. I listened I listened to the emergency pod last week. Yeah. And while I I can see your point, I can also see their point about maybe it's just easier to cut ties in general. Like, okay, you know what? We had something moving along. We had all these grand plans. And the fact is, they also have another out because everything got delayed because of the strikes and the actor strike that is still going on so that's why that's why i kind of brought up you know a couple weeks ago like hey do you write someone else in like another villain in completely now that you kind of have a chance to just take a brush and say you know what this it, it it just wasn't meant to be so be it let's just wipe the slate clean you can have i think I think it was saying Doctor Doom or something. Yeah, that was well. That's what the article well, speculated. The, There's no source, but yeah. On that, you can part. you can find a way to have him come in and maybe just wipe Kang out, and now that sets him up as you know the new big bad. Um, if they do it that way, I think that's fine. Like in the sense of like, if they, I just don't want them to drop him completely. In the sense of like, there's no seemingly closure. If they do something where, like, they somehow show the back of Kang's head and you know it's not Jonathan Majors and they show somebody kill him and then whatever in a post credit scene, fine that that's the way they need to go with it. I just don't want it to be like, huh, we never heard about Kang ever again. That's kind of weird. <laughs> so the, uh, the, uh, the original Thanos that they showed at what, when was the first time they showed Thanos? Uh, Avengers 2012. So at the end of Avengers, that guy who was Thanos was not Josh Brolin. Yes. It was and Allison it Hannigan. Either. It was Allison Hannigan's husband, Alex Denisoff or whatever. Um, oh, that's right. He, he worked with, and he worked with Joss Whedon in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and yep, yep. Angel. Now, I don't know if the original plan was that they were going to cast him as Thanos. I can tell you, were, no. If if they were just using him temporarily, and yeah. then eventually they got Josh Brolin, but that wasn't the Thanos from the, the original one. Um, well, the thing that gets me the most about any of this stuff, right, when we talk about this, is I see people say, well, th- you know, 
they've really built up Kang. I'm like, one, they really haven't. Like, we've had just Loki, two seasons of Loki, and and only one episode of him in the first season. A couple of them in him in this one. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which had him losing in that. Like, that's not a, like, spoiler, Kang loses in that movie. Then he kind of set up that there's more of them coming. But he's only been in a few appearances. Now, I've also had people say, well, they just haven't used them in enough projects yet. Like they haven't built up to them properly. And and they're like, you know, like they say Thanos, they use built up to so properly. And I'm like, he really wasn't either. Like 2012, but, he smiles at the it. camera. 2015. Yeah, kind of scene, yeah. Yeah. 2014, he shows up in guardians for like a minute. 2015 age Voltron. He grabs his gauntlet and says, fine, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. Yeah. That's it. Until 2017, when he shows up, uh, in infinity or 2018 whatever year it was uh 2018 for infinity war that's all of his appearances you can still if anybody's worried about them like maybe rushing doom which is something i was kind of apprehensive about if they they still have time to throw him in three post credit scenes and that'd be like the same amount of time that thanos got you know so and it's, it's fine it's not it's not like they haven't gone and oh i don't know renamed projects before for whatever reason look at agatha, agatha. three times <laughs> yeah right so i mean uh they did that um captain america was captain america uh serpent society new, that was a new, tease though oh, new world mean, order that's right new world order yep and i don't know whatever it is now um brave new world what was so? What was that one you said? Serpent Society. What was yeah, that? So they did that. Uh, the same day they announced Civil War, they didn't want to let everybody know it was Civil War. So what they did was in this place that they were doing. I think it's the El Capitan Theater in in uh, California. But they did this event in 2014, October 28th. I know I got a car accident that day, and I remember being really excited about this news. But I uh, they announced. Oh, Captain America Serpent Society. And everybody's like, whoa, that's like a bad villain group in Captain America comic. Then at the end of the show, they're like, actually, it's not Serpent Society. It's Civil War. And then they were like, and we got Robert Downey Jr. back. And like he came out on the thing. And then they were like, and we cast Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. And then he came out on stage and everybody was losing their mind. Um, so that's one that sometimes people point at, but that was like a planned thing to be like, like we're going to throw them off for like an hour before we yeah. reveal it at the end. But I mean, just in the last couple of years, like I said, Agatha's gone. Everything's been names. renamed. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like granted, you know, it's, it, they have Kang society or whatever that Kang movie dynasty. Is. Yeah. Kang dynasty. And whatever. And that's not, in st- that's not in stone. Like they've, we had a writer strike. The writers have been called off of that movie. I think they're trying to rewrite it. So that can obviously still change the name and change the whole yeah. plot. And that was the thing. Like, so it's, they, they kind of have a very easy, that's what I'm saying. They have a very easy out where if they just decide, you know what? Unfortunately, this whole thing with Jonathan Majors is just becoming way too much right now. And I don't know if we can salvage it. And they look at the options of like, hey, do we want to recast them? That that's a possibility, and I'm sure they have their their panels where they'll go through and, and figure that stuff out. Or if they just said it's easier to just move on from Kang and move to another villain, 
I don't know. They might be in very, the writers just got back to work within the last month or so, a couple months. So they're in what the very early stages of outlining and drafting right now. So there's probably older scripts out there still that they might work from, but th- they're probably restarting some of these scripts. Anyway. Th- that's what I'm saying. They probably had to restart everything. Cause like you said, the same writers might not even be able to be attached to it. They might've moved on to other projects or, you know, um, bad blood between the writers and some other people like, uh, and some of them are just like, you know, they, they wrote projects that people are weren't as big a fan of. So if they're getting feedback, they might say, yeah, oh, never mind. Like, let's let's maybe get another writer on this and see if we can get a better reaction. Like uh, one interesting for me to see will be if there is more She-Hulk, uh, is there going to be any bad blood between Tatiana Maslany and Disney and Marvel? She has she was she's been very vocal about uh, her thoughts on the bosses up there and the the tactic they've tried to use uh, as far as the striking is gone. Um, can they let bygones be bygones? Can it be something where it's like you know what maybe this relationship isn't working out anymore, which would be a shame because I love it. But what I'm saying is like it, especially after yeah. all these strikes, there there might be some bad blood between one or both sides, and maybe one or both sides decide they don't they don't want to work with that studio they don't want to work with that particular writer anymore for whatever reason they have other projects they're working on they want to go they want to go like so they want to have a different villain go in a completely different direction maybe that writer history doesn't show that they're very good at what they're trying to move towards instead Mm -hmm. so they want to get someone else to try and do something different it's it's not hard for them to pivot right now you know um you know, just, just just take like Ross said, just take the couch and pivot. Just just pivot. <laughs> it may and, have come at the best time, honestly. The, the, like this, the strikes and stuff, in the sense of they were running full steam ahead on this stuff. And with him, by the time of Quantumania, if the strikes hadn't happened, they would have either still delay stuff anyway, or they would have been like, "Hey, this is the plan. This is what we're going with." Maybe yeah, that is that stuff you know, might have there might have already been stuff that's been filmed. Um, yeah true by the time his trial's over for sure i mean like uh they probably would have already started working on i mean they, the rumor was kang dynasty was supposed to start filming early next year because you have to get that for, originally that was going to come out in 2025 i think that still is and the other one's 2026 or now it's 2026 and 2027 but if they're filming these concurrently like they did with infinity war and endgame you got to build in more time you don't know when you're having certain actors available if All of that's gonna be reevaluated once these strikes are done too, because if you if you want him to have appearances in other movies, if, mm-hmm. you know, cameos or these post credits, you, yeah. you've got to you've got to figure out. Okay, hey, we need him for like three days in the middle of this. So hey, let you know what we gotta we gotta delay part this part of filming this movie because we only have Jonathan Majors for these three days, and we've got to get his scenes for you know. So we got to shift everything over, you know, to the right by like a week or so. Because uh, Stan Lee talked about that, like when he was uh, with the time I went, to, uh, I saw him at a thing in Hollywood. You know, he talked about he had nothing to do with any of the the Marvel stuff. He said his agent and his his the guy he worked with would just get calls like, "Hey, we're filming this movie. Uh, what is Stan's schedule like during these times?" And they tell him what days he was free or whatever, and they'd be like, "Okay, we'll set up transportation, blah blah blah." Well, you know. 
and they would get him out there for like his two days or his, his day to, to film his scene. And, you know, they might have to shift everything around because it's Stanley. You don't, you don't make Stanley wait. And the fact is, like, unfortunately, as we find out, you, you don't have him forever. So when you, when you can get him, you have to get him and use him as soon as you can. So I think um, near the end there, too, I think James Gunn around Guardians 2 filmed like a few with Stan for other people. Um, just, just to because, have them in the bank. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and either I, I know for availability a, or just worried about his age, but they, they've it, yeah. knocked out a few at James around then. So, like I said, you know, you might have to shift a bunch of things around. And, but so I can imagine, like, right now, like I said, if these strikes hadn't happened, there might be all kind of stuff that they have filmed and it's banked up and they're in the process of, you know, all this other stuff. And now they're trying to figure out, like, oh, we might have to delay filming this for trials and like, or trying to get trials moved. And because, you know, that, that could have been a whole logistical nightmare. Like you said, they would have had to shift a bunch of stuff anyway, but it might be a blessing to just be like, Hey, if we're going to do this, we got to make a decision soon, either stick with them or cut bait on them, wipe the slate clean and let's start all over. So. Part of the downside of announcing stuff so far in advance, too, is that it's kind of more in the public eye with this type of stuff of, you know, um, where people are wondering, well, like, we already know it's supposed to be Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, and he's supposed to be the villain. And so, like, if you had just, you know, but that's how Marvel's always gotten their stuff done, you know, is announcing these slates at a time, you know, but... but the downside to that is every time you push it back or you make changes to it, it makes people think like they're aware of every little change then. Cause you're yeah. like, we have to push this back, which pushes back this, which pushes back this. If you don't say all that stuff, then it's a lot less like in the public of what you're doing, you know? So when, uh, so when after they did Iron Man, I can't, uh, you know, they talked about the Avengers initiative at the end of that. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Hulk in theaters. Uh, I'm not sure what came next. It was Iron um, Man, Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, Avengers. So, I, weren't, initially, weren't they just doing, like, just the post-credits stingers or... And then, like, you'll see Tony Stark will return in this movie at the end. Yeah. When did they start the whole, like, hey, we're going to announce the next six years of movies... Like, when did that start? I think the biggest time was that 2014 date I was talking about in October where they announced Civil War. Because at that point, we knew all of Phase 3 then. Uh, they announced, like, everything that day. And I was... Uh, we had already... And that, that... and that kind of hurt Age of Ultron, I think, too. Because people were then kind of looking past Age of Ultron because they're like, well, that's not a huge story then if they're going to go right into these infinity wars and stuff. So like that already kind of hurt the perception of some stuff back then. Um, and why I think some people don't like Ultron also just for the reasons of some of the movie stuff itself, but the whole time you're watching it, if you're a fan at that time, you already know, like we're getting Iron Man, uh, not Iron Man three. That was already out. We're getting civil war. We're getting these other movies that we already know about 
and Infinity War and Endgame, and you're like, or at that point, just Infinity War Part 1 and Infinity War Part 2 or whatever, for some of those things, like, you know, when you get to Age of Ultron, you're sitting there like, oh, yeah, we already know, like, nothing big can happen. Like, of course, they're going to save the day. It's a superhero movie. But two, we already know that Ultron's probably not even playing a big part in this because we've got this movie, this movie, this movie, this movie building up to the Infinity Saga. So um, I think around 2014 is the first time I remember the whole big phase thing. Because the first time when they did Iron Man and then you get the post credit scene, that's when you start thinking like, oh, that I know what they're doing. But I don't think... I forget when they announced the Avengers. But it was kind of like... Well, Iron Man was 2008. I'd say probably by the time we got Iron Man 2 in 2010, we knew we're getting Iron Man 2, we're getting Thor and Cap, and then they're building to the Avengers. And at that point, that was as far as it really went. Because... Uh, everybody thought the Avengers was going to bomb. I remember reading so many articles about how the Avengers was going to bomb and this will be Marvel's first bomb and it'll flame out here. How can you expect to make a billion dollar movie off of these C-list characters is what they kept asking. And then it became a billion dollar movie. And then they're like, we got Iron Man 3 for you coming up. We got Thor 2, you know? And... I think the first time, I think 2014 is probably the first time they were like, we're doing everything we want. You know, guardians was the first time they were like, we're doing this fun side thing that they announced in 2013. And people were like, well, that'll be Marvel's first flop. And then yeah, that I was think I hit. remember, then- <laughs> I remember hearing that about guardians. Like nobody even knows there's a raccoon for Christ's sake. Like yeah, talking nobody even knows who talking tree. Nobody even knows who these people are. Like, so it's just, I don't know. Like I said, I, I I would like to maybe go back to the days of your, the early days where maybe one or two movies announced ahead of time or just your, your post credit stingers were setting up other stuff. Yeah. Cause like I said, and, and that, I think that helped because you could still keep some stuff kind of secretive and you can still work on stuff. Obviously stuff is still going to leak out, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't like, these things at D23 or Comic-Con where now you're announcing like your next decade worth of movies. And it's like, okay, so Memorial Day of 25, we got this. The 4th of July of 25, we got this. And then we're going to put this out on Labor Day and then Christmas. And then that holds us off until, oh, wait. And then we got TV shows that this is going to come in, in in between these other two shows. And it's just like yeah all of that will be slowing down and what i've read too i read another article or i think it may have been an excerpt of a book um so they wrote this new book uh, these like entertainment people about mcu right and one you realize that they had no plan originally their plan was get to avengers and then just hope that it's good right and that's it and then from there like it wasn't even Feige or anybody's idea to make Thanos the big bad. Joss Whedon was able to just say, I'm going to throw them this in here for a little nod at the end of Avengers. And doesn't mean it's setting up anything. And then they kind of started, you know, actually building the road to what they were going to do after that. So this could have all gone very differently. But one thing I think that stood out to me 
is what you're talking about, Casey, of announcing all this stuff way in advance with the TV shows too, is there was an excerpt, I think, in this book where they said that in 2019, I think it was, or 2020, whatever day they had that big D Disney like investor thing for Disney Plus, I think it was December of 2020. And they did this live stream where they announced all of these Star Wars projects. Some of them still haven't come about, like the Lando show, which is now going to be a movie. And this is the first time they announced Fantastic Four for Marvel. And they announced like all this stuff. And they showed a trailer for Loki season one and all that kind of stuff. Apparently, Chapik was pressuring them to announce a lot of stuff that wasn't ready to be announced, is what I read. And the reason why, of course, is the big problem when you come to these type of big companies is investor stock prices. So when you're feeling the heat, you get them to announce a bunch to hopefully that the thing goes up and you make it a tomorrow problem. And I think that is why it makes sense that a lot of that stuff has either been pushed or has been moved because it was a lot of stuff that we still haven't seen yet because it wasn't ready to be known yet. I I think as well is the whole Disney plus thing where they felt they had to get into the streaming business. Yeah. They needed content for it. Yeah. Now we got to create our own content for it. And it's like, okay, what about, what about this character? Can we do it? Uh, Well, we had, we we were thinking about doing a movie with that. Well, can we push that movie to eight episodes and, you know, can can we get eight hour long episodes out of that instead of a movie? Well, we can, but okay. Okay. You know what? He, he's going to be a TV show then. Bam. Throw it on the wall. Okay. Uh, so, you know, that, that's three years down the road. And like I said, when when you guys start creating your own content like that, like you said, it deals with the investors and they want to know what's coming up and why they're putting their money into your company. And it's just all this stuff and it's all backfiring now, especially now you got, all these streaming services that are upping the price every single, like every other month. The and the downside is too, you, you talk about She-Hulk season two. I don't know if we're going to get that now. Did you see that it apparently cost 250 million for season one? I saw, I, I didn't read the, the whole variety article. I, I just popped on a couple of websites yeah. where they kind of went over the highlights. And one of them was like, there were episodes that cost like $25 million. Yeah. Um, apparently, the, she wasn't even going to transform until like the second to last episode, like episode eight. Yeah, and what they like, meant was, what I heard from rumors from leakers before is that the thing that's in the premiere, when she gets in her accident and then learns how to tra- and like transforms by herself and they show the whole transformation, that that was originally going to be in episode eight. And then they moved it up because they they thought it was too late to kind of... And it was kind of at that time where the biggest complaint in the Disney Plus shows were that the second to last episode was the character one where we got flashbacks and why they did... You know, like the Wanda, right? WandaVision episode eight. They go back at... You know, you, you kind of see all of the stuff and you get like the origin of how she did it. That was kind of the biggest complaint at the time. And then they, it seemed like they were doing the same thing with She-Hulk where... She would have been She-Hulk in certain episodes before that, but we wouldn't have gotten the full like transformation on screen where they show every bit of her transforming and yeah, show. Okay, the that backstory. makes a little more sense. I I thought yeah. we weren't going to see her as She-Hulk until episode eight, and I'm like, 
it's way too long, especially when the show was called <laughs> Shield. Like, right, right. Now, I would I like think to see the more. I lost think it was though. misconstrued from that from that original report on that. But I mean, still, even then, it's like I always thought. Yeah, first episode, you have to show us why we care about She-Hulk or why we even care about this stuff. You got to show it early on. I think just, like, you can't just add, like, oh, this is a She-Hulk right now. Like, I think you still have to do the the original. How, yeah, the original what? how, why, what, when. And uh, they were going to save that till the second to last for no reason, I think. I'll even go so far as to say... I don't disagree with the aspect of saving money and showing some of the transfer transformations. Off oh screen. yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Like once we well, like once the first, like once we see it the first time, we kind of get the gist of what happens. Like, okay, great. Yeah. We got it. We know what happens. Like, I don't necessarily need to see it every single time. Like you showing me how it happens. You need to save money on the VFX. And that's a whole separate story with how they treat their VFX teams and stuff. But you want to save money and various other things. I'm fine with that. Like we don't need to see it every time. Um, but yeah, so I, I just man, that, that I would like to see if they would give it a second season. I know there were there has been rumors about it. Um, I think Jessica Gow did a great job with it. I think she would do a fantastic job as a showrunner in making a full complete season of it. But we'll have to see. Yeah, I know we just went way off on Loki, but I think it is all tied together on what we can kind of expect here and, and you know, all, all of that stuff. So when is, okay, so next week is the finale. Yes. I know Echo's coming soon, but that deals with a whole separate character. And January 10th, yep. Okay, and then you got the Marvels that come out this week, right? Yeah, Thursday. Okay, when is the next movie after that and who is it who and what is the next that they have in the shoot after that oh good question i think the next one was supposed to be uh deadpool 3 but that got pushed we're probably getting Captain America 4 next and then probably Deadpool and then if Thunderbolts can hit Christmas next year we'll get oh, Thunderbolts geez. Christmas next year but I forgot about Thunderbolts um, if not I would expect that to get pushed back I think they had just started filming or I don't think they're very far along which means that They'll have less than a year to get that together by the time the strike's over. So I can't see that hitting Christmas. If anything, I think Cap could stay at July and you just move off of Deadpool in May and they can bump up another movie that's not Marvel to May. What has been filmed already or what is in the process of being filmed? So Brave New World for cap is like completely done filming is what i heard um they might have to do some reshoots but they'll have plenty of time to fit that in um, okay so I that would be no problem i know deadpool started not that long ago but they at the time they couldn't do any rewrites or any yeah. ad-libbing 
on set because of the writer strike was still going on. What I've heard is that they are halfway through filming Deadpool. And they got the writers back, so thankfully yeah. that can that I'm not saying it was gonna be a bad movie, but without the writers there, I think that had the potential to kind of start going downhill. Um and could have turned out in a way they didn't want it to. But now that they have the writers back, that can help and and you can get some improvisation as well. That that can help with that movie. Um I didn't I didn't know uh Captain uh I didn't know the cat movie was already done. I thought they were still waiting to film it. That's why I was asking like what like what's next? What has already been filmed? Because when these strikes started, like and everything had to cease, like where does that where does that leave you? Like you might have a year without any releases really. That's why I didn't think that the studios would let it go on this long. They just got done COVID where they had no movies free. Like they had a built up of movies, but they couldn't release them. And now it's like, you're going to have all these dates, but no movies to release. I, I really was shocked that they let it go on that long. Cause I thought for sure they'd be like, we cannot go through another issue right after COVID like this. But I guess I misunderestimated the greed and and stuff from the CEOs. My these bad. are the these are the same people who said, "Let's starve them and make them lose their apartments." I know, terrible. It does sound like the SAG strike is getting closer and closer as we go here. I know from what we heard before is that they would want it done by Thanksgiving so they can get a little bit of stuff done before January. These are the same people who cut down trees during the middle of the summer in Los Angeles just so they couldn't, the strikers couldn't have shade. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Not good looks at all this for, for that, for them. They don't care. They're on their yachts. They don't care what we think or what the actors or writers think. So, but, uh, yeah. So, okay. So I, wow. There's really, as of right now, there's really not much set for next year, is there? After the Marvels. Uh, no, I mean, what we get, we got, we get What If in December for the shows. We get Echo in January. But movie wise, we get maybe three if we're lucky next year. Two is probably the most I think you're actually going to get. And then what other shows do we have after Echo that we that have already been done or started? Or... Agatha. Yeah, but when is that coming out? Like, that's been moved like October, three times. supposedly. And that show is done. They just moved it because they wanted it to be closer to Halloween. So I think... I'll buy that. Uh, and they need to start spreading out this stuff, too. That's their other problem. They were all bunched up for a bit. Well, yeah. When so you, mostly when you'll just have no... animated stuff next for the, this year and next year, and then you'll get Agatha and Echo, and I think that's it. I mean, when Iron had... Heart's done, but they push that because they want it closer to another movie. When you had no no strikes, and you could just have like a three or four week break between shows, where it's like, hey, Disney Plus will take a two week break, and then you're going to start up because that's what they were doing, right? It was like two or three weeks or something like that, where like, oh. We'll do the Mandalorian season two. And then it was like a two week break. And then we moved into this and it was like a two week break. And then they moved into 
Some like of them was, didn't even have two. Some of them didn't it was alternating like a it was like alternating like a Star Wars or Marvel project that was Yeah, that's there. how they did it. Yeah. So we had right after Secret Invasion, which ended when did that end? I mean, I know we covered it and stuff. That was July to August, right? When was Secret Invasion? Oh, June to July. June to July. Then we had a four-week break for Ahso- until Ahsoka started. Ahsoka started August 23rd. It ended October 3rd. And then October 5th, Loki started. So in some cases, you're getting like two-day break. Some cases, you're getting four weeks. <laughs> yeah. I know they had a nice, like, kind of this nice routine going of like, hey, Star mm-hmm. Wars show, a little break, Disney's uh, Marvel show, a little break, Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. So you were keeping the fandoms, like, going and, and just kind of, honestly, it was also keeping their, their subscription going because that's like, the reason. Yeah. That's a that. lot of people, a lot of people have been just rotating a lot of subscriptions where it's like, okay, I'll, I'll do Netflix for a month and then I'll get off and I'll do like Disney Plus for a month or two. But when you got stuff like that, that you can't really wait on, you know, kind of hard. So the main issue is that streaming is just not profitable because, and I always wondered this, I always wondered what happens if everybody was to ever have a, let's say everybody in the world had a Disney plus subscription, everybody at some point, there's no more growth. There's, there's nowhere else to go. And now take away everybody in the earth, but take a bit, just put everybody that ever wants one, right? Or everybody that can afford one. And at some point you're still going to reach a max that you can reach without bringing, and all you're getting is there at the time that they start it, they're $7 a month, right? Now it's of course getting higher and higher, but at some point, that's why they're starting to add in ad tiers on all of these streaming services because they realized the cable model wasn't really broke. Like people don't like commercials, but it's what paid for the content. At this point, they were paying for everything out of the content. That that, that was the biggest issue with the cable model was you pay the hundred and some bucks a month. You on get- top of commercials, yeah. It's not even the commercials. I think people can deal with the commercials. People don't want to deal with stuff they don't want. Yes, so yeah. there's 150 channels. You might watch 20 of them, right? And so if you're a sports fan, you're going to watch like your Fox Sportsnet and your ESPN and various other things and like your ABC and NBC and CBS for your sports and stuff and Turner. But that person may not want the home and garden network and the Oprah network and all these other things. And it's just the opposite. There are people who want, you know, the Oprah and home and garden and lifetime and various other things, but they don't want ESPN. They don't want Fox sports net. They don't want people on one side of the aisle or other don't want the other side's news as far as CNN and MSNBC and Fox and various other things, but you're paying this massive amount. For like I said, th- th- that was the main reason. I want to say in two thousand, when Hulu first came out, I stopped my cable bill because I was literally watching like five Next channels. Day. Well, I was just I was only watching like five channels, and then when I was like, oh, I and 
one of them was Fox, and it was like, I could watch The Simpsons and Family Guy. Oh, I can watch it the next day? Like, uh, like I'm not going to pay, I'm not going to keep paying for cable for that. And then I found out, like, a lot of, a lot of places were putting their stuff on YouTube. So, like, I was, I was a big G4 fan back in the day during its first run in its heyday. And I would watch, like, Attack of the Show and, like, uh, X-Play, their video game podcast. And Attack of the Show was just a weird show. But you could get all their best clips, like, the next day on YouTube. They would upload to their YouTube channel. So, why not? Like, it, it, it didn't make any sense for me to, to waste all that money. And then my, the other the other thing, I, uh, I think we were talking about a couple weeks ago where I was watching something on Max. And I got commercials, and I, I thought I had the, the ad, the tier without ads. Yeah. I realized I don't have the tier without ads because, at least right now, I'm paying like eight bucks a month or something for ads. The tier without ads is like twenty something bucks a month. Wow! So, like, just to skip commercials is like twenty. It's like twenty bucks a month or more, and that's one of those things where it's like, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch a couple commercials. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sometimes I do like the not not that I like commercials. Like I for Disney Plus, I always have to have the non-commercial version for me because I like being able to watch these like Marvel shows and Star Wars shows without the commercials. But there's some other ones like I watch Paramount, uh, and I'm watching the new Frasier, and it's the ba- bad thing about that is like they'll they'll take oh my god 120 second so two minute commercial breaks on a streaming service each commercial break almost. I'm like. Oh my God, this is killing me, but you know, you know, it'll be a time where I can go and like, you know, get a drink real quick and not have to pause it. You know, you know, who's bad with that is Peacock during the yes. Sunday night football game. And they will show the exact same commercials every Each time, single time during well, it's every a Sunday today. Break. So you're going to see some of those again. <laughs> yeah. You, and it's a good game. So I got to watch it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up. Anything else about this episode of Loki? I know we kind of went off here for a bit, but um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I really enjoyed that I that I missed. I, I let me say real quick, I forgot to mention this, and I was listening to another podcast that mentioned it. Thank thank God. But in the and now my browser has frozen so far. Okay, we're good. Um. In the episode before, episode five, I think it was, mm-hmm. when they get Victor Timely to help them. Uh, so episode four, sorry. And they do the whole like model and he's, Obi's got his whole model of the loom and everything. And he's apologizing that it's not up to scale and all that. Really reminded me of Doc Brown in Back to the Future where he has almost the same lines when he's built the whole <laughs> the whole Hill Valley and he's apologizing to Marty that is not up to scale and everything. And Marty's like, it looks great, Doc. Like it reminded me straight out of that. And I'm meant to bring it up last week and totally forgot. Did you catch the post credits thing? On this one? Yes. No, I, I no, I did not actually. I thought I watched the whole thing and now gotta- I'm reading that there was some like audio thing. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta wait once it skips down to the little box on the side. Right. Yeah. You gotta go back over to the box, click click. back on it and bring the box back up. And then it it, it goes through and then you'll get the, you'll, you'll get the, the audio thing. 
All right. Let, you know what? Let me do that real quick on here. So that way I'll cut this part out. <laughs> and then if we need to talk about what it says real quick, we can do that. And then we can wrap it up. That's so weird that they would make the screen go smaller like that than if they have something. Yeah, I, I if I had not seen it uh, on one of the sites, uh, if I hadn't seen it come up in my feed during the week, I probably would have skipped it and wouldn't have made. I wouldn't have known this one either, because usually that's your cue. Once it once you get that small box on the side, and yeah. it says, "Hey, you might want you might enjoy Secret Invasion." I already enjoyed Secret Invasion. Like I'm done, but you know. All right, let's see. It will tie back into something earlier in the episode. Yeah, I think I got spoiled on what it is, but let's see if I can actually see it for once. How long is it in the um, little part? I'm not sure. I, I left it. I, I just put it over there and left it rolling. Okay. Uh, there's, there's honestly nothing to see, and there's nothing that tells you it's 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 going. Like it's just it, an audio cue. It's just pure audio. Wow. So you got you, you gotta I guess you gotta go through and just let it roll. Unfortunately. <laughs> All right. All right. So I went and watched it. We're here, um, or should I say, I listened to it. Yeah. So it is uh, the voice of uh, Rafael Casal, who plays XO Five, and he says, "You died. Insert your coin, loser." And apparently, I didn't notice this either. In the bar they went to, near the McDonald's that Sylvie was, there is a Zaniac arcade game where I yeah. guess that line of dialogue is from. That's pretty yeah. cool. Like I, 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 so I would have just had I not seen that earlier in the week, I would have just saw the Zaniac arcade game. I would have thought nothing of it. Like I didn't even notice the arcade game. I know we we talked about you talked about Zaniac. Uh, we talked <laughs> about him a couple weeks ago or whatever. I guess he's. You said he's like a Z level, uh, yeah. villain or something, or hero. I don't even know which one. Uh, doesn't really matter when you're Z level. Like you're getting cats out of trees at that point. I guess I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just weird that that, like you said, like we said, usually when that screen shrinks, like that that tells you like, hey, the episode's done. So to put it that far at the end, man, like. They bamboozled us. Yeah, that's pretty funny though. Uh, I I like that they can do stuff like that. Um, and and I he guess was the reason the... why they made it small in the box is just because it is just an audio cue and not not a screen. Thing, and he so. was in the episode for a couple of seconds earlier too. Was he? Where at? Uh, they had him in there. Uh, with with Mobius with the jet ski, where he was talking about he was talking to Mobius about the jet skis. Oh, you mean like in this episode? Yeah. Oh, in the previous on, right? In the previous on. Yeah. He showed it. Yeah. Because he, he did that in the first episode. Uh, yeah, where he mentioned the jet skis. Um, I forgot that they showed that in the in the recap. Um, which is cool. Uh, yeah. I, at first, I I was wondering like, oh, did they actually have a scene with him? But he was. 
when's the last time we saw him? He he didn't get pruned, right? Only the other lady did. So uh, Ravona got pruned. We saw. So yeah, I we guess saw him at the, at the he's just the at the TVA when it went up. I guess. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I guess he went back as Brad Wolf or whatever, being an actor. Did he get spaghetti? All right. <laughs> I guess he did. I don't know. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. If you want to reach us, email us marvelplusrecaps at gmail.com or you can reach me on Twitter uh, at TO Infinity Saga. Earlier this week, I did the emergency pod about maybe recasting Kang or moving on from Kang, bringing Tony or Nat back, which was a rumor. Um, did that with my friend Ron. Uh, we were already recording a Spider-Man 2 episode and we just ended up going, we were going to cover that a variety article for like 10 minutes. We went on for 30. So I was like, I'm splitting this into two. We're putting this up separately. And uh, then I also released the Spider-Man 2 PS5 spoiler discussion, which is also up. Um, over on our uh, DC podcast, I had a uh, episode, which was we, we, we kind of dove into well, with the non-success of the Flash film, uh, will there be a lack of Flash in the new DCU that James Gunn has for a while? Like, will we kind of go through a Flash drought? Me and my friend Chris went over that, and we uh, share our thoughts on if that is likely or not. Uh, over on the Star Wars podcast, we did a live watch of The Phantom Menace over on the YouTube, and I'm currently editing that to make that into a commentary track for a podcast that people want to listen to it while they are watching the movie. And then Casey and I just released our Lord of the Rings fellowship of the ring extended edition episode of films for the very first time where we each pick a movie alternating every single week. Casey's never seen Lord of the Rings. I had never seen the extended edition. So we just decided to lump that into one go there. And, uh, yeah, so we talked Fellowship of the Ring. Coming up next week is Terminator uh, for my first time, and then we'll go back to Lord of the Rings for the Two Towers, then we'll alternate to Terminator 2, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that is coming your way later this week. Uh, I think that's mostly all I've got to talk about. <laughs> too many shows, too many shows. Uh but yeah, so thank you all for watching and listening. We will catch you next week when we talk about the Loki finale. And then, um, I guess hopefully it's next week. I don't think I'm going to have jury duty problems, but we'll, we'll see. I'm like so scared I'm oh, yeah, not going to record right. any podcasts. Uh, it's like my biggest fear right now. That's right. You, um, you said you got jury duty next week. On the same yeah, day Thursday. the Thursday. Yeah. But and then I think Ron will be coming on uh, to talk about the Marvels when that episode uh, when I whenever I get to see it I think we're going to talk about the Marvels and we'll break that down on there. Yeah, well, thank you all for watching. Listen, we'll catch you next week for Loki season two, the finale.